0: Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast. This week, I'm excited to introduce another guest. So my guest today is marketing consultant Shona Chambers. Now, Shona has over 20 years' experience in marketing, and she specializes in community marketing. So, Shona, welcome to the podcast, first of all. Hi, thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. So, can you explain about what it is that you actually do, and maybe explain the term community marketing a little bit more, and how you got started?
1: Yep, sure. So, um, I mean, when I started working in marketing... Uh, I always tell the young folk now there was no such thing as social media for one. So that's quite a different world. Uh, I think back in 2001, when I first started working for an outdoor advertising company, um, there was pretty much no websites. Um, So that is that's my time in marketing. That's where it started. Um, So obviously things are very, very different now. Um, there's um, I, I, In my career so far, I've worked in corporate marketing and I've worked with lots of great small business owners. And I think one of the things that aligns across both those groups is the need to connect with the communities that we serve. So whether that's a big company that's got lots of different segments um, and, you know, those segments are very diverse and require lots of really um, complex and strategic marketing. Or if you're a small business owner who sells one product um, and needs to connect with the buyers of that product, that is for me what I mean when I talk about community marketing. It's really bringing customer insight to the heart of your marketing and looking at things from that viewpoint. I would argue, is there any other way to do marketing? Because
0: <laughs> it's all about serving your customers, and I mean serving in the broadest sense um, of, of the word when it comes when it comes to marketing, and then indeed actually. Doing your business,
1: yeah, I agree with you. And I think um, you know we've there's been a very fashionable viewpoint that you can just buy eyeballs. You know, Facebook came in, Google is obviously still massive, um, and it's this idea that if you um, if you basically spam enough people, somebody will do something. But of course, that is not a good way to create long term um, fans of your brands. And uh, I think everything you do should be. Um, designed to improve your um, brand perception, improve your relationships with customers, and ultimately to just be really authentic about who you are and what you're trying to do. That's really interesting. It's funny, being a a website designer, I get um, asked an awful lot
0: about SEO, and I really should extol the virtues of SEO. But for a lot of businesses, SEO is, is not a great form of marketing because it doesn't have that community behind it. So when somebody finds your website through SEO, they're landing on it very cold. Yeah. Whereas somebody that you've built up a relationship with, either because you have come across them in real life or you've talked to them on social or whatever it might be, they are much warmer and they're much more likely to buy. And um, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people think the answer is always SEO, but actually, I think you're quite right. And I'm very interested to hear much more um, about how uh, how we can do that as as small business owners. So maybe that's where we should start, actually. What can a small business owner who wants to find more clients, what, what's the best thing that they can do to do that?
1: I mean, it's it's not a new tip and it's one that many will be thinking, well, you know, I already do that, but I really believe in collaboration and, um, you know, whether you want to use the word networking or not. And obviously, these things exist in lots of different ways. So Uh, you know I've worked with small business owners before who maybe are an aromatherapist so it's looking for complementary businesses that you can work with that are non-competitive but similar to you so that both of you team up and you're you're using your audiences the power of your audiences to reach more people and you both get a you know a different bite at the cherry from each other's audiences and you can go as big or as small as you like with that Um, so I've done a lot of you know, small business networking myself. And I think uh, one thing that you always see is people will people will buy into you through the language you use. And you do tend to get some people that come in and they're like, oh, I'm a seven figure business owner. And, you know, that's sort of for some people that will attract, For others it repels. For others who maybe are feeling a little bit unconfident or they have great offering, but maybe they're not ready to go crazy yet because they've got small kids at home or they're caring for parents, or there's some other reason that they don't want to suddenly supersize their business, they're going to be attracted to people who also want to um, grow their business at a different speed. And that could be someone who's got a full-time job and they're running a side hustle. Um, It could really be anyone who isn't ready to just go for it, you know, straight away. So I always think, with networking and, um, you know, collaborating with others like you, you need to pick the people that are going at the same speed as you. That's
0: a good way of putting it, actually. That's really interesting. And I've seen some, some great collaborations with clients of mine where they've done exactly that. And um, on the podcast a few weeks ago, I had a, a yoga teacher who does it really well. She runs a yoga lunch club with somebody who, you know, cooks and, and teaches cookery. And they've actually got a fairly similar audience, but obviously because they're doing different things, then actually there's really good, um, overlap in terms of their ideal clients, definitely. And for somebody who is very new to this, how would they go about finding somebody to collaborate with and then approaching them about collaboration?
1: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, apart from social media, um, you could be looking out for any kind of signs in your local supermarket for small business networking groups. That's one of the ways that um I've found useful things. And again, we all think everything's online, but it's not necessarily, you know, there's still community notice boards in um, coffee shops, supermarkets, you may well find something there and just think, oh, that looks interesting. Let me you know, be brave enough to go along. Or if you um, you really don't enjoy that idea, then there's lots of uh, smaller communities that exist online where they can kind of pair you up with maybe one other person, two people. I think, again, networking can be as structured or as casual as you want it to be. Um, I've always said to people that your community starts where you are. So um, say you're a mum at the school gates, so you've already got uh, lots of people who are in your community. So why wouldn't you talk to them about your business? It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, mummy hat on at school and then business hat on when you go to your networking group. Just, I think it's about being really just open about who you are and what you're trying to do. And people will either turn into you and and be into the conversation or they'll be like, oh, that's nice. And you'll talk about something else.
0: Yeah, that definitely happened. So in terms of the way that people actually market their business obviously that's changed an awful lot over the time that you have been involved in marketing can you talk a little bit about although the the actual idea of community marketing might have been around for a long time but how has the way that that is done changed over time
1: um yeah so i think uh if you kind of look back to pre internet times then you know people would naturally gather in person to market their businesses so uh, there's always been um business groups for people with local businesses in in smaller areas um you know and those still exist today but obviously we now have the same equivalent online and i think really the pandemic threw everything up in the air because all of a sudden the only option was online um and for a long time you know people were getting very inventive with how they were doing that so so many uh, zoom you know large uh, zoom groups kind of sprung up where you could you could probably go to three networking things before lunchtime you know, during the early pandemic. Um, and I think since then, people have got kind of a bit sick of online maybe, and they now want those offline connections again. But we're not the same people that we were pre-pandemic. So again, there's still people who maybe feel a little bit less confident than they used to do. So um, Viv Groskop, um, who runs the How to Own the Room podcast, Uh, she was just writing a great article in the guardian about that this week that our confidence levels have changed and so the ways that we might want to uh, network and um, represent ourselves you know you might not feel like you've got that get up and go to sort of go and stand in front of lots of people so again it's it's just how do you feel about things and what would you like to do and that's got to be part of your strategy yeah, that's really good. And I'm
0: like you, I'm seeing a bit of a backlash against things online. Or rather, people are much more interested in doing things in person now right. than than they were. I think people were very hesitant when we came out of COVID times, and now they're feeling much more confident and and feeling they've perhaps had enough of Zoom and are much keener to do things in real life. And I really enjoyed getting back to networking events. I must admit, and I don't really think about them as networking events now. I think of them as going out and meeting up with my business buddies. And finding new business buddies as well, um because I think networking networking does have a bad reputation, um and I think there are certain groups which have given it that bad reputation, but there are always amazing groups wherever you live or not very far away that you can that you can join. You've just gotta find them, like you say, community notice boards, asking people, those kind of things are because they are there you've just got to find the right one for you. I found some great networking groups some that are sort of um, other mums and which are a similar size to mine some people starting out some people much further along and I've also found some great groups which are just fun to go to and um, you know which quite a few people I know go to so you can you can meet their connections uh, in real life as well.
1: Um, I think that's a great point actually about networking with connections of connections because that way you you've always got that link to come back to like a nice anchor point um you know you you've got something in common right from the start so that's something kind and generous that you can do as a small business owner i think you know try to think who can i introduce you to who can i think of that would be useful for other people i think that's that's always got to be your starting point um if all you're thinking about is how can i get something out of this and you're you know, you're missing half the point of, of networking and collaborating, I think.
0: That's a really good point. And, and that's definitely how you can help serve other people as well. I think it's give us, give us get or something like that, isn't it? There's a motto, which I think comes from BNI, but um, we'll ignore that. We'll ignore where it comes from. Because I think the idea of it is is definitely uh, worthwhile and it's, and it's good to do as well. It's, it's fun. It makes life more interesting. Now, can we move on talking of COVID? You wrote a book during COVID. Can you explain a little bit about, well, first of all, what that book is, what it's called?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's 100 Marketing Tips for Small Business Owners. Um, And that really came about because I'd written a blog, which was uh, 50 marketing tips to small business owners. And that blog got so much traffic for years and years. Um, And I just kept thinking, it's quite interesting that that format obviously appeals to people. You know, we're all time poor. Um, we might wish that we can read the latest, um, you know, con content, heavy marketing book that's just come out, but in reality, you know, we're sort of trying to cook the dinner, walk the dog and, you know, um, think about how we can improve our business. So the idea of a tips based, um, a hundred tips with, uh, different sections and, uh, things that people can dip in and out of really appealed to me to sort of bring to the world. That's no, a great idea.
0: And uh, how did you go ba- about writing the book?
1: Um, again, a lot yes, of time so.
0: to write a book. It's not. It's not something that you can bash out in an afternoon like a blog post, say.
1: No, I was. Uh, I I I really just knuckled down to it because we had um, the pandemic, and I was writing in short blocks, like twenty minutes a day. You know, to start with, and I'd just sit there and I'd set a timer, and I obviously had this idea in my mind of a hundred tips, and I tried to write a hundred fresh tips. So in effect, there's like 150 tips out there. And I think I I relate to that in uh, at the back of the book saying, you know, if you want more, there's this original blog. Um, so I just had this, this kind of idea of I'm going to try and write, you know, one tip a day. But of course, I ended up writing more. So it was really that idea of just start and it will come. Um, and I didn't really have many days where I sat there and did nothing. But of course, sometimes you just need that time to to stop you know again you've been doing homeschooling or whatever you've been doing and you just need that time to to sit down maybe have a cup of herbal tea or something and just switch on your writing brain instead Mm. Uh, so it's very much a a day-by-day journey and when it came to actually finishing the book and marketing
0: the book (laughs) well first of all did you use any of your tips for marketing the book
1: Um, Yes, I did. Yeah. So um, of course, I I tried to build excitement in the lead up to the book coming out. So I was keeping my audience very much in touch um, with that. Um, And, you know, I I just really tapped into my community and let them know that, uh, you know, that they could really help me by sharing that this book was coming um, and all that kind of thing. So yeah, I was quite true to my roots in that way. Excellent. And what did you find was the best way of marketing the book? Um, one of the things that I'm really keen on is newsletters. So uh, I have a newsletter. Um, I've kind of kept that up mostly. Um, it, I, t- I tell people it's coming on a Friday. And, you know, um, Seth Godin is very um, fond of this idea of you owe the world your work. So he calls it like shipping, you know, so I I had this idea that especially in the run up to marketing my book, I would try and ship something once a week out to the world, you know, whether or not it was a new blog, um, you know, some content that I had sourced from somewhere else, sharing somebody else's content and just stick to that, you know, um, quite rigid schedule of delivering this newsletter once a week. And I think when the book came out, of course, I had an engaged audience that wanted to You know, lots of people got the book when it first came out, which felt quite an amazing thing. And, you know, knowing that I knew the people that were reading my book as well was really great. Um, And it's on Amazon, too. But, you know, it's always great when somebody you know who you've met through uh, some genuine connection says, oh, yeah, I've just bought your book. I'm reading it at the moment. And or maybe they're nice enough to tell you something that they've implemented from the book. So that always feels really nice excellent and how do you feel it's helped your business um certainly when it first came out it gives you a real uh it makes you seem more of an expert i think because people you know people are still impressed by a book at the end of the day because it's something real and solid that you created and whether or not you're saying anything more important there than somebody's saying uh maybe in reels or tiktok shorts there's you know there's a, a certain um um, I can't think of the right word, you know, expertise attached to 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 having written a book, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's that sort of authority that you seem to Yeah, if you're if you're an author, I definitely, I definitely get that. Um, and talking of your business, well, obviously we've talked about community marketing, which I suspect might well be your answer, but how do you actually get clients?
1: Um, to be honest with you, I have found that pass on rates are, are where it often happens. So you know, I do feel with small business owners, you don't necessarily work together for years on end because obviously people are working through a journey themselves. And some people I've worked with have, um, you know, gone on to get quite big, quite quickly and, or maybe they've changed direction. So it's always that sort of nice feeling at the end of something where they're like, you know, and I'm going to recommend you to three other people and maybe one of those becomes a client. So I think once you've been going for a certain amount of time, it does become quite organic. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, it all depends on the kind of marketing that you're doing as well. So one of the things I help people with is marketing planning. Um, And I think everyone out there should have a marketing plan. Um, But quite often, it seems to be missing. Um, So you've got people saying, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm stressed. I'm trying to find time to post on social media. I'm trying to find time to do this. Um, and, and when you kind of ask them to sort of pause a minute and think about what they're really trying to achieve, you know, they don't have a massively uh, strategic approach to their marketing. So it's almost like a one over one that I'm providing in that way. You know, it's the starting block. It's It's right. Let's get you to sit down and for three months, let's think about what you're going to do with your marketing. And then we'll think about something else.
0: It's interesting because I find a lot of people are very scattered with their marketing. Yeah. They're trying to be on too many platforms, do too many different things, which means it's very difficult to do any of them well. Which, which platforms are you finding are, are the better ones that are working better at the moment? Or are think, they all much of a muchness?
1: No, I don't think they are. I think it is all about what you enjoy as well. So... You know, obviously if you enjoy doing lots of longer form content, then you might want to be on YouTube and you might want to be building your YouTube channel as your main point of contact. Or if you enjoy doing um shorter things and you you're really um, you know, you love the latest trends, you might want to be on TikTok. Um,
0: oh, the thought horrifies me.
1: <laughs> well,
0: you know or horrifies
1: um, my teenagers, I probably should say. <laughs> what, of you being on there. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think there's definitely age groups around social tools. But then again, you know, if you're trying to generate more traffic for your blog or your website, you might want to be really going heavy into Pinterest, which I think people really don't think about Pinterest because it's social slash search. But it's a really great tool. And I still get quite a lot of traffic from Pinterest. So, you know, things that I did years ago are driving traffic to my website. So I think it's about having a good mixture of evergreen content across platforms that people can, you know, be looking at. And, and you've done the work and you've done the hard, hard yards years ago, uh, equally using uh, your platforms that you may be like the most to be sharing, you know, short, up-to-date things about yourself. So, I mean, you know, without getting into the technicalities too much, because, you know, you and I are marketing people, but not everyone is. There's been so much change in the way these platforms are run. It's not necessarily about the person themselves who's trying to use them. So Twitter, whoever knew that Elon Musk would get involved and, you know, start trying to charge people for a blue tick and um, and change completely the way that people see your content on Twitter. Um, you know, and, and likewise with, with Facebook, I mean, it started off with good intentions, but it's been such a... You know, it's been dragged through the the courts and everything for for various things that it's done wrong. And again, now Facebook seems to be um, a, a sort of almost a dying platform uh, for young people. So you, you kind of got to understand where your audience still is. Look for that active the, the signs that the the community are active there. I think before you even start to decide which tool to use. Yeah, that's that's good advice, and certainly that's what I
0: found about. Facebook as well my community seems to have moved on to Instagram and um, having been on Facebook originally and Facebook was was a great platform years ago and I talk about that as a user rather than as a business person but I must admit I find now that my feed I don't particularly I don't think the algorithm is working for me because I don't like what I'm seeing in my feed I'm not seeing things from certain groups which I interact with I'm seeing a lot of outdated stuff that's six days old from Groups that I'm less interested in or pages I'm less interested in. It's, it seems to have lost its way a little bit. And certainly my teenagers wouldn't be seen dead on Facebook. Everything they do is on other platforms now. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's interesting how it does change. Mm. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Twitter, which obviously was a real pioneer in its day. And, and, again, sort of seemed to have lost its way a little bit. I know it's very popular amongst certain groups still. But... Uh, I have a Twitter account. I can't remember the last time I looked at it. No. <gasps> um, and what excites you about marketing going forward?
1: I mean, it's it's all about innovation, isn't it? It's, it's such a space that things don't stand still. And I do love that. I love the fact that, you know, no one would have predicted the sudden rise of AI, you know, and the, the chat CPGs and all these things that we now have. Um, you know, and, and that's that's something that keeps you fresh thinking about, OK, there's a new thing on the block. Should I use it? Should I recommend it? Um, how long will I spend with it before I feel like I can actually talk about it in any, you know, sensible way to clients? Um, so that kind of thing really interests me. Uh, I think I also do enjoy thinking about the, the challenging you know, environments that maybe some small business owners are experiencing right now and looking at what else they can do and being really scrappy about how they use their budgets um, and really thinking about, you know, different ways of approaching things and not just recommending the same things because they worked six months ago. So for me, it's the, the fact that marketing is always changing and actually marketing as a whole is massive. You know, when when you actually think about what is marketing, there's so many different touch points within that before you shade off into PR and various other, you know, um, career areas. So it's it's something you never really get bored in. And definitely that's very, very true. <laughs> I mean, can we just touch on
0: AI a, a little bit in terms of what's your view on using tools like ChatGPT and and similar tools for, for marketing purposes?
1: I mean, it's quite scary what they can do, isn't it? You know, mm. and um, I'm sure we've all seen the headlines about um these these things being able to pass exams for for Oxford and Cambridge and and you know things like that, it's just quite quite shocking really. Um, I've seen content that's produced on um chat CPG um and I, you know, it's quite frightening how almost real world real world it is. But at the end of the day, I think you've always got to remember that if if you um if you're going up against clients that are trying to save money by using um a robot instead of a person to to write their copy or or maybe you know come up with um you know a marketing uh strategy, then maybe they're not really the people that you want to work with because you know if you're if you're recommending um you know um technology over a person it's it's never gonna be the right thing for for small business owners certainly anyway mm. I mean it does have benefits you know I've seen it used to come up with really useful lists of um, job titles and um, organisation types that can be used for lead generation. Uh, but I think it's just remembering at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we've all got so much more to us than just what a robot can come up with. That is never really going to be a competitor. Yeah, I think it's a useful tool. It's a bit like a
0: calculator in some ways in yeah. that it doesn't. It's what you put into it that's important. And also, you using what comes out of it in a good way I know I've certainly I've had some good experiences with it and I've had some poor experiences with it I I don't use it widely um but it can be quite good at coming up with ideas and thinking of things that maybe you haven't thought of that's certainly been my experience so I might give it um you know ask it to come up with an outline for a blog post for example for a podcast episode and I might say give me 10 I don't know ways SEO can work for your business or 10 marketing tips or something like that. And it will give me 10 marketing tips and I look at them and I'll go, no, no, no. Yeah, I already knew that. I already knew that. Oh, hadn't thought that one. And mm-hmm. it's actually quite good, I think, to sometimes use in that way. I wouldn't, whenever I've got it, to try and write me something. I haven't liked the output and I've ended up completely rewriting it. Sometimes it's quite good to use as a first draft of something. Um, I must admit, I struggle with it still for shorter, um, posts for the social media. It just doesn't quite get my voice. Um, and I just find it quicker to do it myself. Uh, like you say, it, it's, it, it has its limitations, but, um, it's going to be interesting. I think it's only going to get better. So it's going to be interesting as to, as to where that goes. Um. Before I get on to a final couple of questions, where can where can people find you? What and, and please do include the title of your book as well in that list.
1: Yeah, sure. So my website is um, shonachambersmarketing.co.uk. Um, I'm in, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and Pinterest. Those are the main platforms that people can find me on. And uh, my book, 100 Marketing Tips for Small Business Owners, is on my website. And also you can find it on Amazon as well. So um, yeah. Those are the places. Brilliant. So final
0: couple of questions. And I must admit, I'm really interested to hear your responses to these because I know that you listen to podcasts and I know that you read a lot of business books. So (laughs) um so which are your favorite podcasts to listen to, first of all?
1: Um well one of them I've just been listening to this morning is the Marketing School with um, Eric Sue and Neil Patel. Um and that one of the reasons I like that is because it's bite-sized, so it's five to ten minutes. Sometimes they're shorter than that, and they're always different tips. Um, and you know, they've both uh, grown and scaled businesses, so you know that you're listening to really useful um, information there. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, longer form content, I do really like Tim Ferriss's podcast. Although it all depends if you've got two hours to spare listening um, to something. But I always find if I do find the time, I'm never um, sorry about that. And he talks to such a great range of of guests so um and you know he's been a great author over the years although i don't think we've had a tim Ferriss book for a while so i've been wondering if that's gonna happen soon um but some of his um pod books have been amazing like Tools of titans obviously he wrote all the four hour series so the four hour work week um which i think when you listen to it now it can be a little bit dated in places but he was talking about automation at a time when hardly anyone was so that was the answer to the four-hour work week, automate everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many, isn't there? But those are uh, a couple of my favorites.
0: Brilliant. And um, now we haven't got long, we haven't got all day, but you know, your favorite business, well, I was going to say your favorite <laughs> business book, <laughs> but I will allow you a couple because I know you're a very good source of uh, information on business books.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, I think one of my favorite business books is called The One Thing. Um, and it's not a new book but it's it is literally all about focusing on you know the one thing that you need to do next to take your business to the next level or indeed solve some problem in your life so again I think we're so sort of sold on multitasking these days and productivity that we try and do 10 things and we end up doing them badly so the one thing um, is a really really great book that I'd recommend that people um, look at and then the next one I would say is uh this is marketing which is one of Seth Godin's 25 books I think. Um he's got a new one coming out but I think that one was a really good uh sort of synopsis of what marketing is and what it can be for you. So those are a couple I'd start with anyway. Yeah, excellent good
0: good choice of books. I read I read uh, Seth Godin's I think it was that one uh last summer and uh it it's interesting because I didn't feel that there was an awful lot new in it, but I loved the way he explained things and it it, it certainly resonated. Um, and finally, a bit of advice for anybody running their own business.
1: Um, Probably my top tip would be start where you are. You know, um, if you're just starting up your business, um, look at your existing network, whether that's your LinkedIn network, um, whether that's the people that you are in a sports team with your kids parents that you talk to every day and let them know what you're doing equally if you're somebody who's already got a successful business and you're talking to people within that kind of level all the time keep talking to them keep letting them know what you're doing keep looking at ways you can maybe work with them Um, and just don't feel like you have to go it alone is my biggest tip brilliant
0: that's very good advice thank you so much Shona that's been really helpful Um, some fantastic tips for anybody listening thank you thank you very much for having me